Welcome to the Women's Retail Collective podcast, where we pull together retail's most influential women to talk about their careers, how they've made it to senior leadership positions, and how they lead their organizations through a rapidly evolving retail industry. So today we have a first for the Women's Retail Collective pod. We are live from NRF's big show in New York, and I'm really excited for all of you to meet our next guest. Uh, but first, we'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for making this possible. Uh, our sponsor is Listener. Listener powers transactions and better checkout experiences across the customer journey with the most advanced ultrasonic technology. Visit lisnr.com for more information. Listener, person, present, proven. Come stop by the Listener booth, number 1206. All right, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce the lovely woman sitting next to me today, Heidi Eisern. Heidi is the Senior Director of Customer Experience Innovation at Gap Inc. And Heidi, we're so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. How's the show been going so far? It's been amazing. I mean, New York City itself is a whirlwind of events. And then you have NRF and then you have all these other amazing startups and retailers to meet with. So it's a balancing act, yes. but an energizing one. And you're based in San Francisco, right? I am. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm really thrilled for the the men and women who listen to this podcast to hear a little bit about your career story. We spoke on the phone a little bit briefly before this, and I have to say, I, I, your story is like none other than I have ever heard. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about you and your background and then kind of how you came to your position at Gap. I mean, it's an eclectic background for sure. And I always want to encourage all those others that have eclectic backgrounds to just, you know, seize that and be excited about that because it can lead to um, amazing things. Um, I moved to San Francisco about 16 years ago, actually after finishing an MBA and realized I don't want the MBA. I was going to be a writer. And I assumed I was going to be a writer in San Francisco. And I hung out with them all. And I had coffee with them. And I started writing. And then I couldn't pay my rent. So I said, <laughs> OK, I need to do something different. And I became a management consultant in retail. Quite um, a shift. Quite a shift. Yeah. I like to think it's not a sellout, it's a shift, so thank you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Got to pay the bills. So then what? Then what happened? So I ended up working for a lot of retailers, which was fantastic. Um, you know, from Canada to Tokyo to different parts of the United States, lots of large retailers that everyone has heard of. Um, and I just, I fell in love with the, with the industry, to yeah. be honest. Um, I started doing some consulting on my own just to kind of manage a better travel schedule and then the creative, that writer, uh, pardoned me, said, no, you need to do something a little bit different. Um, so I decided to stop consulting for a period of time and take a road trip around the United States yes. by myself where I interviewed women doing all different types of interesting things, whether they were race car drivers or strippers or stay-at-home moms or professional surfers, sculptors, you name it. Um, just to get their stories. And what was the end goal? Were you going to like, compile them all for yourself? Or was this like a book? What were you trying to do with these stories? I mean, so I wish I had an end goal at the time. I was, you know, young and just said, no, I need to get these stories. And I was going to blog about them and thought, which I did and got a little following. And, uh, oh, it's someday I'll put them into a book. And yeah. now finally, what, about 10 years later, it's finally going into a book. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> but I didn't have that. I didn't have a necessary end goal. I just felt I needed to do it. What were some of the, if you have like a few standout experiences that maybe are influencing kind of what you're doing today? Um, I mean, most of the women I spoke with, and probably 
like 90% of them were very passionate about what they were doing and the path they chose. Like even the strippers, they made it very clear to me, like we chose this, right. you know, we're impoverished, we're not forced to do this. They, they actually loved their job. They loved performing. They thought of it as a type of performance art. Right. Um, and same with the professional surfers. You know, everyone seemed to just really feel that they had this path that they were driven, um, that they were driven toward. And so when I left the trip, I felt even more driven on my path to write, to collect stories, um, to inspire and innovate. And then I landed at the design innovation firm IDEO. Okay. And what were you doing at IDEO? Um, quite a few things. I don't think anyone at IDEO wears one hat. Sure. <laughs> um, but I ended up leading a lot of business development um, and then shepherding our retail portfolio there. And I was there for about four years. And what kind of work were you doing in the retail industry? Because I think it's really... Another thing we're trying to do on this podcast is really expose people to the types of careers that you can have that still touch retail that aren't, you know, the traditional buyer path or visual merchandiser. Tell, tell us a little bit about the work you were doing at IDEO. Uh, so the the work I was doing at IDEO was really trying to ha help a lot of retailers and actually hospitality clients as well think very differently, think about being customer obsessed and how does that translate into all the touch points of the journey. So whether that is in digital interactions or mobile devices or visual layouts in stores um, or, you know, writing algorithms, you know, once you get all the data so we can interpret that and then better serve our customers. Okay. So you were, you were at IDEO creating these experiences. And one, one thing that you, you touched on when we spoke earlier was that, you know, you, you really believed that this time you spent traveling around the country interviewing these women kind of helped you be a better storyteller and then how that like storytelling is kind of transformed into how you're designing experiences now. Yeah. Well, a lot of the road trip and actually a lot of good stories comes from listening mm -hmm. and having, you know, a lot of empathy for the people that you're talking with and their needs, their desires, um, their, you know, their own past. Yeah. And I think that is a fundamental step um, in innovation. That's definitely what IDEO um, claims as well with design thinking. So a lot of the work that my team does, and I have a cross-functional team at Gap Inc., um, is we start with we start with the customer or we start with the employee, right? Mm -hmm. What are their pain points? What are their desires? What do they want? How can we be in service of them? And then when you start with them and you hear their stories, that then gives you a lot of ideas for innovation and transformation. And what are some of those stories? I'd love to hear like Gap is a, a brand that is Gap Inc., all the brands under that umbrella Gap especially being one of them, is a brand that's really near and dear to my heart. I mean, I grew up with that brand. Um, what are some of the things that you're hearing that your team is kind of trying to problem solve right now? Or how are you applying those skills that you picked up along the way? Um, what does that look like for you and your team? Yeah, so I'll use uh, two different examples. And um, it actually isn't with Gap brand, but you know, yeah. one, one, one is Old Navy. And well, actually, some of, in some of our factory stores is a major barrier and pain point for our customers is long lines. Okay. No one wants to wait in line. You can have an amazing experience. You can be super excited about your purchase. And then you look at the checkout process and you're like, oh my goodness, this is awful. And it's yeah. kind of a big, uh-uh, yeah. right, yeah. in your experience. So. The team, you know, for the last year and a half has actually been looking at ways to address that. You know, how can we use predictive analytics, you know, to have different staffing so we can, you know, say we're not going to have people wait in line for longer than five minutes. What are things we can take out of the line, such as different types of self-service kiosks? So we're trying to experiment with lots of things, but it all originated from a pain point that we were hearing from our customers and our employees. 
And what um, what does your team look like the, that would answer those types of questions? How how do they like? What's the reporting structure look like? Is oh, it sure. Like a t- are you leading the team? You take in this information. How does that kind of work? Yeah. Um, so I have a I have a cross functional team. Um, some people are full time. Some people are kind of borrowed part timers. But you know the the nature of the team is to really try to bring together different skill sets and different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that is really how you get the best result for innovation. So I have product managers. I have UX designers. I have consumer insights researchers data scientist and a software engineer and okay. together we can come together team. and not just build but we can also work with other parts of the organization i don't have officially store operations you know on my team but i partner so closely with them to do enhancements in the store and it's it's really vital anywhere you are trying to you know champion a new idea or do transformation to partner with other parts of the organization so you're all in it together you know is it just me is it just my team no actually there's lots of people throughout the organization that are making these things happen well especially yeah when you're dealing with customer experience you got to work with all the teams in order to yeah. push that innovation work forward mm-hmm. i would imagine so why gap inc tell us a little bit about because you have an interesting story about how you kind of came into this group. You've been in role for how long now? It's been uh, about a year and a half. About a year and a half. Take us back to like two years ago, around okay, two years sure. ago, and tell us why Gap Inc. <laughs> and, and how that story came to be. Because I think it's a, a fantastic story uh, for people to hear about sure. and, and just your own gumption, I guess. Yeah, it's a very honest story. Two years ago at this time, I just got pregnant. <laughs> and ID was an amazing place to be. Um, but, you know, I was looking for something that was different. And I was also looking for something that didn't have as much travel. Okay. So I ended up joining a small think tank for a period of time where I could kind of figure out my next move. And then after my daughter was about six months old, I said, okay, it's time to hit the pavement, see what's out there that not only would allow me to do the same type of work I was doing at IDEO, which is, you know, transforming companies um, by customer obsession, but also allow me a a way to be a good mom, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And um, someone that I kind of knew through a friend of a friend, but I never met, um, was leading digital transformation at Gap Inc., and he had just gone to another retail event called Shop Talk and had written up about digital transformation and the work he wanted to do and said, hey, I'm looking for good people. And I'm like, I'm going to write that dude. I've never <laughs> met him, but like we know a friend of a, like, you know, seven degrees of seven bacon type right, thing. Right, right, right. Um, I'm going to see if he's going to meet me for coffee. And he did. And uh, we met for coffee and I told him a little about my background and I was like, hey, I want to work for you. And why, why the gap? What drew you to gap? Um, the gap it's of scale. There's so many brands. There's Gap, okay. there's Old Navy, there's Athletic. There's just, <clears throat> there's so much potential to really launch change in all the different brands. Um, they have an amazing set of values. They really support families. They really support diversity. They promote women. You know, I think over half of our executives are women. I mean, right. it's, it's actually an amazing place. It's an amazing place to work. Um, and I was really impressed with all the people I met um, during the interview process. And I imagine all the potential with the brand right now, yeah. too. And, yeah, and it's a tr- I mean, it, it is a turnaround time, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, and customer experience is definitely one way to do that. Well, I'm curious now, as you look at kind of the current retail landscape and the way things are going, the turnaround that you're working on at Gap Inc., 
What do you do to stay curious about what's going on in the industry um, or recommendations that you might have for other people who are trying to kind of stay in front of what's going on? Um, I mean, there's different things you can do. Definitely. I mean, I read a lot and I also watch a lot of YouTube videos and really, like and what? I've been trying to get myself into TikTok and I don't understand TikTok at all. I'm far too old, but I try to force myself. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It. Once your daughter gets older, <laughs> I, I have a nine year old and now TikTok is just like something that has become part of our world. I think it depends on how, how old they are and what they're getting you into, but yeah. yeah, TikTok, it's magical. So I think trying to just understand what other people are using as different platforms platforms um, and then coming to events and it's not just I mean I talk to startups a lot I just think they're on the cutting edge even if it's not maybe the right play they're showing where the industry is going um, and that's just having serendipitous meetings with people I mean if you're I'm extroverted so it's easy but I think introverts really have to force themselves to like have a goal of you know I'm gonna talk to one new person a week or have a coffee chat and you're not looking for a job necessarily you're just trying to learn and you'd be surprised and I know this from my road trip how much people like to talk about themselves and what they're doing. And most people love meeting other people for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes to talk about what they're doing. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, if you if you were to take this these years of experience that you've had from traveling around the country, interviewing people, um, and especially through to your job now at Gap Inc., um, a company that is, you've sent me the statistics, which I had no idea is, you know, there's largely, you know, women at the head of that company, yep. leading that company. What advice would you give to people who are either, you know, new to, to a career in retail or who are considering, you know, what the next step is for them in, in their retail careers? Um, I mean, I think be bold. Like if you see someone out there that you're inspired by, like I did, like reach out to them, write them, ask them to meet you. Not everyone is going to say yes. You have to be okay with right. a healthy dose of rejection, but you're never going to meet them if you don't write them. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing is just ask for what you want. I mean, you, you yeah. asked for the job that you have I did. Today, I actually right? designed the job. He even asked me, well, what do you, how much money do you want? What do you want your title to be like? What do you want? Yeah. Right. And, and be honest and, and, and go for it because you know, only you can actually state your value. Like no one else is going to do that for you. That's amazing advice. I love that. Um, so I want to close it up with one question that I, um, that I ask people on this podcast. Um, if you could go back and, and looking at your entire career, all the successes that you've had, um, we didn't even get to talk about HeidiEisern.com, which I absolutely love. You have to check out, um, and all the work that you're doing, just your whole like side hustle. It's not even a side hustle probably, but like it's, you're doing this day job and then you have, Oh this yeah. And writing. I have like a hundred thousand words written in my novel. Oh my, it's, <laughs> so. There's so much going on, but if we could pause and, and look back and reflect on this career, if you could go back and write a thank you note to someone who has impacted your career, what, what would you say to that person and who would you write that thank you note oh, to? Oh, it actually is pretty clear to me right now because he came to watch me speak yesterday and he didn't have to. He's an executive in a large retailer here in New York. He met me for two hours on Sunday to give me career advice and relationship advice. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, he stopped. He was doing to watch me talk. He was second row in the audience. And this, so this is recent. This is like yeah. a few days ago. It's just, it would just, yeah, yesterday. And it just, it made me so emotional to think this person, not only... Today. He was also the one that hired me at Gap. He brought me on. He had faith in me, and he continues to support me. And I honestly, you know, sometimes I wish he was a woman so I could say it was a woman, but it was a man. And he's believed in me from day one and still does. 
That's amazing. Yeah, you have to find find those people who will advocate for you and help keep pushing you into these careers yeah. that you're doing today. Well, this was fantastic. Um, Heidi Eisern, thank you so much for being with us today. If people want to get in contact with you, is there a, what, where would you send them? Uh, LinkedIn is going to be the best way. Okay, fantastic. Um, one last question. You bet. If you were throwing your own concert with three bands, dead or alive. Oh, my God. Who would they be? Daft Punk. Oh. <laughs> I love Daft Punk. I'm not- you too. Fleetwood Mac. All right. Amazing. <laughs> I'm coming to your concert. Thank you so much, Heidi Eiser. And we're live from the NRF floor, the listener booth, number 1206. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>